This week on Fusion Patrol, we ask important questions about the nature of God, such as, does God, like Stalin, believe in Lysenkoism? And could God make a pit so dark that he himself could not get out of it? Find out that and more as we take a look at Space 1999, New Adam, New Eve. We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Ben. And tonight we are looking at the Space 1999 episode, New Adam. New Eve. 1,095 days after leaving Earth's orbit, Alpha's scanners go wild, as if a strange presence was taking control of them. Turns out it's just the great bearded one himself, God. He's here to rescue the Alphans by providing four of them a new planet, New Earth, and on it, a new Garden of Eden. Or at least a small valley of Eden. Here he brings John, Helena, Maya, and Tony, telling them to be fruitful and multiply. Although God, or Magnus to his friends, has some crafty ideas on eugenics up his robe sleeve. A cross between Koenig's stubbornness and Maya's intelligence will produce headstrong kids who are smart enough to get away with anything, and Helena's aristocratic nature and Tony's down-to-earth farm board qualities will produce middle-class plebes. The perfect genetic soup for a new planet. And they start to go along with it. Why? Moonlight and romantic music? Why else? But before they can get down to business, they hear the terrible sounds of fighting, and, and leaving the valley, they find a mutant fighting an ape, as you do on these sorts of planets, and they rescue the mutant, but then God shoots lasers from his eyes from the clouds and sends them back to their valley of Eden. Next day, force fields have been put in place. Maya turns into an owl and goes for a look, and she sees footprints all over the place. So, again, they find a way out of the valley, and and meet up again with their mutant friend. He explains God is just a cosmic magician who likes to play God by trying to unlock the secrets of life by breeding aliens. As you do. All his mutants, though, just want to die. They figure out that God gets his powers from sunlight, so they dig a hole, trick him into it, so it gets really dark, and, and the whole planet explodes but not before they find their eagle and escape the end. So, <clears throat> what'd you think? It's a piece of crap. <laughs> Is it as bad as... It's worse. Brian the Brain, really? Uh, this, yes, it's worse. I thought this was just hideously awful and stupid. And I watched all of it in 15 minutes because that's as much substance as there was. Well, uh, neat trick, running on 4-4 four, four, four speed. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Wow. Well, um, Not, you know, you know, I, I, I'm so, I just have to, I just have to tear this episode apart. I mean, ugh, it's it's terrible. Uh, and okay, I know that the writers have been really um, playing, re you know, free and loose with the whole uh, any kind of continuity that ties it back to the first year. Yeah. But hey, 
uh, Koenig, buddy, you've met God, and it looks like a giant black hole. Yes, and and you sh- but okay, but to be fair, I suppose if it looked like a giant black hole, maybe it could look like other things too. What well, I think I think more importantly is if we had looked at series one, and if you had gone through everything that they had gone through in series one, up to and culminating with the uh, testament of Arcadia, where it became pretty stinking obvious that that if not God, then universal fate was a real thing that uh, that they would be a little more open to the possibility than 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 they were. I mean this is this is Captain Kirk level. I mean not saying quality, but Captain Kirk level, you know, there there are no gods. Apollo is not a god, right? I mean I well, think I, I think that's what they were trying to achieve here. I, I agree. In fact, I kind of get the I mean I watched this and I thought Okay, except for a few little nuances here and there, I'm watching uh, Who Mourns for, for Adonai all over again. Except that was sort of a good episode. Yeah, it was, compared to this. Um, right down to the fact that he's got a special implant that allows him to channel energy. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, Mike, so to try to make a salient point out of whatever this episode is, I wonder if, and I'm pure speculation, but... When they came out with Who Mourns for Adonai in the 1960s, there is absolutely no way on earth that American television is going to allow them to put the old bearded one out there, the god of Christianity, and say, turns out he's nothing more than an alien with incomprehensible powers. But by shifting it off to that Greek mythology that nobody believes in because it's a bunch of old hooey bunk um they can get away with making the statement and here we are talking 10 years later eh, better nearly 10 years later we are talking british television we are talking syndication um and you know i think they were trying to go for the same kind of story in terms of warping your perceptions man but because they went for the big kahuna himself um, and then they went with, all I can say is stereotype big kahuna himself. Um, you know, it, it just didn't, um, it was, and then, and add on top of that, it was a terrible episode. I mean, it was a poorly written story to begin with. It had yep. one interesting piece in it throughout the whole thing, uh, that, that was like kind of almost like that moment in the middle of that dreadful one where Koenig and Maya are being attacked on the plant planet and then they just have that little conversation about life and stuff and right in the middle of nowhere and that's like oh there's a grain of something interesting in this episode and then the rest of it is just crud and then this episode is is similar to that and it even has a smaller grain just a little tiny one that's barely even mentioned before they forget about it and um which I can either go into now or we can go into later. Oh, um, you know, whatever you wish to do. Okay. Like I said, this is a very facile uh, treatment of let's pretend religion. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. Okay. It is a very facile treatment of it. Um, and I think it was done in Who Mourns for Adonai better because it was sort of oblique and they gave it a little more thought. But... There's a scene in here where Koenig and Maya are having a conversation. And 
Maya says, and she said it once, I think, in another episode as well, that they went looking for their god on Sycon, and they found him. And when they found him, they discovered that he had a god that was part of a bigger universe. And why I say that's a grain of something interesting is because that's, that's one of those major arguments when it comes to people who say, no, no, God's it. God created the universe. And, and then the, the smart alecky atheist says, who created God? You know, what, what came before? Um, when, yeah. when they say something has to come before the universe, then they've set up the parameters. But, but that's exactly what Maya threw in there. And then they just, there was an ape growl and they ran off and that was the end of it. Right. And, and uh, the, the one interesting thing about that is um, that, that concept about how they found God and God had a God is actually um, a Mormon belief. Wouldn't surprise me. It is. It is at the the very heart of LDS theology. Now, was that in the first set of plates or the second set of? Neither. I know. Okay, just checking. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, <laughs> well, at least I wasn't making fun of the Scientologists. Um, <laughs> we could, though. We could probably make fun of Scientologists later today if we really got around to it. Um, but the, yeah, but that's it. otherwise. This is just. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, I want to. I want to make it. I, I feel like I want to make a crack about the whole. Could God create a pit so dark that He Himself couldn't get out of it? Oh, that's an old one. You know, I know. Like God can create. Can God create a rock so big that He Himself can't move it? Exactly. A, a variation of that was a, issue, yeah. right. So, and and was it sunlight that He needed, or was yeah, it just because, light? Uh, you know, it's well, it's just light. Period. Uh, you think there was enough on Alpha when he was up there with their artificial lights and stuff? Well, obviously he was able to do Blow magic the there. And, stuff, yeah. and that's the other thing. You know, the, the fact that uh, every, you know, the four, our, our four principal characters, uh, John, Helena, um, Tony, and Maya, well, especially, well, I, they seem to be at one point kind of going along. Well, I don't know if they're going to say they're going along with it. Helena was definitely believing it. Well, yeah, because they're having the conversation and she says something like, well, you know, he, he displayed godlike power. So I'm like, are you kidding me? With everything that you've seen so far, and again, we're going to completely disregard everything that's happened in season one, but mm-hmm. even, even if we just think about season two, holy smokes, I mean, look at what Mentor was able to do with the power of Psyche. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh, he blew up friend. an eagle. Well, yeah, the whole transmogrification thing, you know, and 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 now they're acting like they've never seen it before. I mean, holy Moses, pardon the pun. If uh, if 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 uh, Magnus, if they're going to review regard Magnus as as um, as as uh, as God, then they must at least be referring to Maya as some sort of archangel for the simple fact that she simple fact she that is she a bit of an shape. angel. She is. I mean, so she's beautiful, oh, yeah. but the fact that she can sh- uh, change shape like that. I mean, it, that's a, that's a lousy argument on Helena's part, which points to just again some of the sloppiest writing that this show has ever produced. Yeah, no, but it does go back to: Do I want to say Asimov? Do I want to say Clark? I can never which one. You know, any significantly advanced technologist, Clark would appear like magic. And I mean, they, again, you know, with humor and Adonai, what we had with the Greek gods is that they were not. They were aliens. Well, it was more than that. In Greek mythology, they are not omnipotent. No, of course They are not all-seeing. They are not omnipotent. They are not. So it's an easier stretch. 
when you're to primitive plunk somebody down and say oh yes well you know something now that you think about it maybe he was just an alien that was uh throwing thunderbolts from his fingers because of some technology that he's got but but this one you kind of have to you know you're either buying the whole genesis ball of wax or, or you know honestly at one point he says he was merlin and um nostradamus which you know we're Quite a bit, quite a ways down the old power scale. A bit, a bit, a bit. Um, and you know, I think they should have obviously, obviously figured it out because if in the beginning God created light, how did He do that before He had light? Again, I mean, it's just you know, I don't know. Wooly thinking, wooly thinking on these guys' parts. Okay, well, let's just let's just have some fun and pick this one apart. So, my first question is. Um, at the beginning, Helena says it's as if the scanners are there's a strange presence amongst them that's taking control of the scanners. What does that mean? Uh, I, I mean, what is what are the symptomatics of how a does scanner? No, yeah, I mean that something is taking it over. I They're mean, acting now, weird. Must be a presence. Now, if 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 Kano was still around and he had himself plugged into the uh, plugged into, into computer. Um, maybe I could see him possibly saying that, or at least I could see him reading something that computer told him that that was going on. But for Helena, just to make that leap is just amazing. I think we need to move her from, you know, from doctor to a computer, the computer Computer psychic. Yeah. Computer psychic because, uh, she's, she's a horrid doctor. (laughs) Well, at least she doesn't have much to do in this episode. Okay, here's another one. No, except to show her frozen face. Uh, 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 as 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 the shoot maelstrom of colors, the shapes, the sounds. Everyone's staring at it on Alpha. They're all looking at it intently. Helen is looking at it like she's on a trip. Like oh, the colors. And yet her face didn't betray that. Oh, and then right. there I go again. I'm people sorry. start passing out, and they get headaches and stuff. And Helena runs a little check, and she says it's like everyone's vital signs are decreasing all over Alpha. Mm. Where did that go? Oh, same place as anything else. You know, it, it went out the window with all the logic and reason. It's like, why did why was that something that was supposed to be important later in the episode? Nope. Uh, no, apparently just, not. Just, I mean, we think it is, but apparently they didn't. And uh, writer. So uh, Magnus uh, shows up. Uh, you don't have to bow down and adore me. Thank you so much. Um, it's like it's like listening to Donald Trump. Forty uh, I, I, years, yeah, it, it, it almost. But it's like those. It, I actually, I I went Python. I am. Uh, it's like those miserable psalms. They're so depressing. depressing. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I have more respect from for this episode than I do for Donald Trump or Magnus. So. Um, Let's see what else. And then he makes food for them. Now, would would you um would you eat that? Well, to be honest, um you know, uh, real food, point, John, well, real food. Point, at that point, he has not I would I did not deem that he'd really shown any open hostility. I mean, okay, people passing out that's one thing. But I really didn't sense that there was something evil at that point. I mean, evil. Yeah. So you know, I kind of would have been there with Alan, at least. I mean, Alan was ready to take a drink. Good job, Alan. I know. It's like, oh, real, real food, Commander. 
<laughs> it's like you'd think everyone would be like jumping over the console to get it. To be honest, I, 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 in fact, I didn't see anything really wrong with it. Couldn't Helena I mean, scan it or something? Yeah, and it's, it's there's no, there was nothing wrong with the fact that Magnus had presented food to them. Uh, besides, he was he wasn't going to take the entire command crew. He was only going to take those four anyway. So what was the big deal? So, and there's another question. You get this whole base full of humans, and you apparently want to be... Just the four. ...breeding, and so you take just the four. That that doesn't make any sense at all to me. Well, it's so much for being a god that's going to save them and give them paradise. Well, I mean, obviously, which which shows how, how bad an impersonator he really is. Or, or how Noah's Ark he is. Yeah, just, just you... In your family, okay? The rest of them? No. Drown. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're going down. Um, you, you would have eaten the food. You're wicked, wicked people. It's all. I, I, are you trying to say that uh, the the food that Magnus presents them, that is an allegory to the forbidden fruit from the Garden of Eden? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. I think, I think... Is that, I mean, really, is that, is that what... No, I'm going to say... Do I really believe that. that? Or am I saying that I'm stretching to that point now that you bring it I up? I think you're stretching to that point. I'm stretching to think, give it an allegory, I, I, allegory of some I, I kind. Don't think the, I don't think the writers are that clever. Oh, I'm sure that's true. <laughs> I'm sure that's true. Uh, I'm just uh, trying to, to put some, you know, meat on the bones, even though it was all fruit and stuff. And it's like, um, anyway. Uh, okay, so um, they get down to the planet. And he says, well, you know, here you go, Valley of Eden. <laughs> um, so uh, get down to your get down to your baby making. Uh, hop on in there, Tony. And uh, and, and I, I did make some snide commentary about it, but in my recap. But but the traits that he pictures stubbornness and or hard headedness or whatever you want to call it for Koenig and intelligence for Maya, is going to produce a child like Hell's only spawn, right? Mm. I mean, think about, think if Koenig were an intelligent person, what damage he could cause. I mean, he is a dangerous psychopath. And if he was smart enough, if he was as smart as Maya, woo, that's just terrifying. Mm-hmm. And then there's the sort of, Tony is sort of the, the grubs of the earth, he doesn't know it, but he's a farmer. He's earthy and down to earth. And Dr. Russell is an aristocrat. Aren't those two ends of the spectrum? You mix those together, you get mud, right? Water, dirt, mud. You could. Well, I, all I know is that if you had mixed Tony with Barbara, then you'd have babies with no facial expressions. Oh, I think if you mix Barbara with anything, you'd have babies wow. with no facial expressions. I don't, I don't know. Um, okay. Intelligence. My, this episode has none. Maya is an alien, advanced alien. Really? Better than us, smarter than us. Maya is definitely intelligent. That is genetic to some degree. Oh, yeah. She come, yeah, uh, I, I would agree to some degree. Koenig's yes. hard-headedness, stubbornness, is that genetic? That's, is that learned? That, that is learned. Aristocratic, learned. Down-to-earth farm boy, uh, learned. Learned, yeah, that, so that's environment. Three out of four are not genetics in his... Genetic, um, uh, I cannot think of the, cannot think of the term. Um, oh, listeners, help me out here. It's not lysenkoism, it's, um, oh, this is killing me. It, it was a, a 
debunked Soviet belief that learned traits could be inherited. Um, Stalin bought into it big and helped ruin their crops and stuff because they were doing all this stupid stuff with that failed branch of biology. And I cannot, it starts with an L uh, and it's got a Russian name. But anyway, that's what this is. That's what this is. This is, this is somebody who's heard that and who has carried that into his, his writing not realizing just how incredibly debunkedly awful it is. It might even go up on crap science. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah. Anyway, I wanted to point that one out because, again, it's just bad at every level. Oh, by the way, is it Lysenko? That sounds awfully correct, but it doesn't quite. See, because um, there's a, a – I'm, I'm looking on uh, Wikipedia. There's Lysenko. And uh, he, is, he uh, yes. Well, th- there's one paragraph that I'm reading says Soviet scientists refused to renounce genetics, were dismissed from the post, blah 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 blah. Uh, scientific dissent from Lysenko's theories of environmentally acquired inheritance yes was formally outlawed in the Soviet Union in, in '48. Lysenkoism, yes, that's it. It's amusing. Well, anyway, well, Stalin was in favor of it. Three thousand mainstream biologists were fired or sent to prison, and several. Several were executed as part of a campaign instigated by Lysenko to suppress his scientific opponents. Yeah, it was... That sounds about right. It was, yeah, it was not a good time. But th- this is the kind of stuff that Lysenko was uh, was talking about. And uh, and it's wrong. <laughs> it's, just, mm. it's just, it's empirically wrong. But, um, yeah, yeah. So that part was, his, his logic behind that was terrible. I love their line. It's very bad manners, and it's bad psychology. We're not rabbits. Mm. <laughs> there's, there's something. There's something else. That inestimable quality that we call love. Which I'm thinking, you've not met too many humans, have you? Obviously <laughs> not. Because I, I think I think humans don't actually uh, require love to. Um, yeah, get down to the. <clears throat> the not all of them. No, not, no, no. Some, I mean, no, some of them just, just obviously, you know. you know, obviously that's the ideal, the the gold well, standard, if you will, on television anyway. But let's um, consider when this was being made, and they were probably tr- maybe they felt the need to get just a tiny bit preachy, and yet they went ahead and tried to shack them up. So I mean, you know, six one half dozen of the other there, and they came pretty darn close. Yeah, if it hadn't been for Eight Boy and Mutant Man, or is it? Mutant Boy and Ape Man, I don't know which. Um, take your pick. pick. Then then they would have succumbed to the actual music playing. You know, I've watched that episode many, many times, and it never dawned on me that the dialogue is saying that there's actually music playing. They're hearing the incidental music. Hmm. They that say that. Never, that never dawned on me. They, they say when who, you know, something like who did his arrangement or... You know, they're talking about the music. That's that silly, tinkly little music that's playing. That's all romantic, like when the moon came up. Ah, so it's like, it's, it's it's source music. Yes. Wow. <laughs> you know, and I never caught that. Just watch that section. I know the rest of it's impossible, but just try watch that section, and you'll see. There's dialogue there that makes me think they're actually hearing that music. Hmm. 
as part of the spell that he's weaving, the beautiful moon, the night, the romantic music, the fuzzy cameras, and and their dialogues. Like, oh, you know, we're being, we know you're being manipulated. Well, you can't fight City Hall. It's like, really, Koenig? Really, really? I guess you're right. I guess if aliens had hooked me, if I'd been stuck with Dr. Russell and aliens hooked me up with Catherine Shell, I'd probably pretend to protest for a few seconds just out of common human decency and then go, all right, you can't fight City Hall. I'm, I'm good with that. I'm, I'm, I'm a rabbit. <laughs> and then, of course, we get the scene where Helena and Tony are being romantic. And I just want to remind everyone... Dr. Russell, Barbara Bain, cannot act her way out of a wet bag when she's trying to play under a warm, fuzzy spell. You know, every time she's ever been under warm, fuzzy spell, for whatever reason, oh, don't worry about it, John. She, she kind of, she kind of moves herself around and she gets that sort of smuggish smile as best she can do on her face and turns her head. I mean, it's so clichédly bad and she got a little chance to ply it here in this one when she's you know not exactly playing coy at the same time but showing interest in tone it was it was was appallingly it was appallingly awful why is it the maya owl doesn't uh shock tony uh when it lands on his arm oh you mean break his arm no no and he he puts that when she turns into an owl he puts out his arm she lands on his arm before she takes off they shock each other. Oh, that's right. Well, she's changed shape. Oh, well, there you go. It's the same reason <clears throat> that she doesn't break his arm. So if she turned into Dr. Russell, they could fool Magnus into thinking that they'd broken his powers. Temporarily, at least. He does figure out eventually that that is Maya. Did he figure out it was Maya or did he overhear them saying it? Well, somehow he learned. Somehow I... he... <clears throat> and maybe he overheard it. Who knows? I found that interesting. I really did. I I found as well, in as much as it was well, interesting he, stuff. Is you know he sees. Well, the, yeah, go ahead. For, well, I was going to say for for whatever for whatever method that he has to be able to monitor. I mean, okay. So while they were on Alpha, I'm sure he monitored their signals. You know, their their uh, all the communications that were going on within Alpha. Uh, here, I'm sure he's got some kind of means to monitor them as well. Uh, I mean, and he it all starts off when he sees that breed of owl and says, I thought you were all extinct. Right, which makes me think he definitely did not know it was Maya. No, he didn't at first. Why did she land on his arm? He brought her down. Okay. I, I wasn't 100% her, sure of that. I, that's, I got the, every time I watch this, that's, that's the feeling that I've got, that the way he moves his arm, he is now summoning her down. I mean, he's just had a moment to um, eat some light and recharge. So he's a solar battery. Uh, so he just... Um, he has he no raised, charge. Well, he didn't. No, he's not a solar battery. He is a solar energy direct converter. I was making a joke. Okay, go ahead. I'm t- uh, it's, it's important. It's sort of important. I was making a joke. Anyway, he just... He raises his arm and he brings it down and she follows. And uh, believe me, if, if she had had any choice, she th- that would not have been it. I felt that she was compelled to it. I, I think you've got to make a good case for it. Um, I, I wasn't because they did say something. He caught you and let you go or but it yeah. just it was it was weird. And then 
the fact that later on he just suddenly goes, well, I'd forgotten that your race could do the thingy dingy. Despite the fact that she'd done it the night before fighting the ape? He wasn't paying attention. He paid attention enough to shoot him with lasers from across the planet. So, I mean, I I don't know. we're, We're trying to apply omnipotence to the man when he doesn't have any. That's the whole point. So he picks, he chooses when he's going to uh, survey them or not. And yet, like the weakening life forces, right? That doesn't go anywhere. He, he doesn't notice it. So they go, well, he's not infallible. And then later on, he goes, oh, yeah, 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 I knew that was you. Or I remembered that was you. Or I forgot you could do this thing. And there's nothing more to it than that. Other than, you know, if, if they had said, well, it made no difference. Does that, does that make sense? In other words, knowing that he didn't know it was Maya when she came down and landed on his arm is important to the plot. Because now you know he doesn't know everything. Right. Then later on, he does know it, but that's not important to the plot in any way, shape, or form. So well, it's like, why did they do it? Is it's, it just... it's, you know, the, the weird thing is I really didn't have any issue with that. I just took it to say that he he's, I mean, he's... Then they say something. I mean, he's he's obviously he's old. Yeah, he's very long lived, and he's he is a cosmic magician. He's been around the block. The last of the cosmic magicians, right? So they he probably knows all about Psycon. Already knew about it, and it. I mean, he's. It, it, then it becomes just a throwaway line. I forgot you people could do that. You know. Okay, moving along. That I just read into that as saying, okay, he learned about. Psychon. He learned about the power of psyche and uh, and the power of uh, shape change or reorganizing of matter. He learned about it, and okay, issues over. Move on. Hmm. Just it seems I mean, like that's, a, that's how I've always read it. I, I agree. There's lots of things you could just go and it's just. I liked it. It's not even a hand wave. Uh, a hand wave is something where it's it's so it's something which I mean. I could see it, it would have to be a hand wave for you, but it's not one for me. I mean, it's simple a matter of I just it, it, the episode inferred that he learned about this, but he forgot. And now he was reminded, oh, God, that's right. Maya is she's she's a psychon. I mean, oh, me. Oh, me. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can't let a slip of the tongue go by. Um, he, he, he had forgotten and now he was reminded. Oh, that's right. I'd forgotten her people had that sh- had that power, or at least some of her people had that power. All right, um, the mutants, charming, charming looking yeah, mutants. To say the least. Um, those little white suits with the tubes glued all over them are, are very so effective. Cute. Um, he uh, he takes aliens, brings them together, breeds them, and then quote probes that fertilized life to learn the secret of life. Is that what I think it sounds like? That he's interfering with their gestational development? Mm, possibly. Kind of sounds like it. I mean, obviously, he's doing something with them on a genetic level. What is the secret of life? I'm, okay, no, I know that's a, that's a big... I know 42, right? No, but w- what is it... We don't actually kind of get that from no, this. No, we don't. We don't get that at all, which, to me, uh, my takeaway from that is... Uh, if I'm not getting anything out of this in terms of the sake of the story, then uh, then that tells me that what 
that, that I, 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 I fail to understand what it is that Magnus is after. And how is that supposed to give him, you know, like godlike powers? I mean, how's that? Yeah, by whose definition? To... Yeah, he's already got godlike powers. By... Well, he's, I mean, yeah, well, according to uh, Helen, he does. But what? Is, is he trying to examine how life gets created on that kind of DNA uh, subatomic, you know, mal- you know, level that by cracking that little bit of a code, it will give him the power to create life with a wave of his hand? Yeah. I. Good question. Good question. I, I don't know. I mean. Neither do I. I don't think the writer knew. They just. Uh, the secret. I, I think, you know, I think that might be. I'm going to go so far as to say I'm pretty sure this episode must have inspired Douglas Adams. You know? It could have. You know? You didn't really. You asked me the secret. You didn't really know what the question was, did you? Well, it's, you know. Uh, right. What's the question? See? I think. I think that's this and other shows like it, but I think we can reasonably assume that, you know, Douglas Adams saw this. I, I, I think we can safely say that. Oh, I, it's a fair bet. I would definitely say that he's the sort it's of guy who would have seen it. Yeah. I mean, when did this episode air? In 19... the 70s, yeah. Yeah, and he was... In the later at, 70s, at that yeah. Po- by that point, I mean, he was already into science fiction. I mean, I mean he had... Uh, I believe at this point he was already now he, – he had done some work with Doctor Who. So I'm sure he must have looked at 1999 a couple of times. Yeah, he must have. But not that it, this isn't a question that hasn't come up elsewhere. But anyway, um, let's see. Let's talk about Alan. Good old Alan. He has learned the John Koenig lesson well, hasn't he? Just not doing it's anything? Like, no. Alan, you're in charge of the base. Okay. What happened to the commander? I'm going to take an eagle out and fly out and rescue him. Right? He's in command of the base. Send somebody else. But no. Mm-hmm. Alan's got to be the guy to go out and fly the eagle and just keep putting bigger boosters on that puppy. Well, More he's boosters. The, he's <clears throat> the angry Aussie, remember? But that was, you know, had nothing to do other than that. But I thought it was interesting that, you know, put him in command. And what does he do? Just like Koenig, I got to be the guy to go out and try to rescue him. Well, and again... You learn what you uh, see. Well, yeah, you learn what you see, but... It, and here's the one... This I'm, I'm, surpr- I'm really shocked at myself that I'm going to cut this show some slack on this on this one story point. Um, Kirk would have done the same. Um, for the most part, yeah, I would agree. I, I would agree. Because, yeah, because that's the way it's But written. would Scotty have done the same thing? No. Now, that's the question. No, Scotty would not have done the same thing. But see, Scotty's in love with the ship. So he would have stayed. So he I would have sent, he would have sent like a boatload of guards, a boatload of red shirts to go out there and die for the cause. But he would have stayed with the ship because it's the ship. All right. I'm just going to say Friday's child. Actually, he beamed down with the, the troops. He did beam down, he did yeah. beam down but, with the troops. But that's after they scared the Klingons away. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, that's true. Now, but, but to, to go back to 1999, as far as Koenig goes, well, we got to remember it's Martin Landau. Yes. He has a contract. Exactly. <laughs> So he has to be the one to save them. So they just followed suit. Yeah. Good old Alan. What else we got? Um, I got nothing else nothing. on this. I, I, know, I know I was spoiling I mean, your joke, but I did think me. it was kind of interesting that, that the power of the light decelerator mm-hmm. apparently has no capacity for storage whatsoever. You plunk him in darkness, power's gone. There is, there is no battery. There is no margin for error the planet just falls apart well okay um yeah now it can't be very big 
And if it is decelerating light and then using all that energy, uh, then he must be expelling a lot just to keep the planet running, just to keep the planet intact. I would be inclined to possibly think that had he not uh, been exercising it or using it in a continuous basis, conti- you know, j- just constantly, that maybe it could store. But he was always running it. Did he make this planet near the path of Alpha? Or did Alpha come by his little planet that he's been conducting experiments on? Oh, wow. The, I, I would be... Well, given given Magnus's motives, I ooh, that's a good question. I would, and and the fact that uh, Alpha has always been moved around a bit. I don't know. I, huh. <laughs> you e- know, either way works because either he says he, he created the planet, the planet. Either he moved the planet in Alpha's path, or he moved Alpha's path. Okay, that's another alternative. He could have moved the planet into their path. Okay, yep, yep. But it seems like he created the planet. Oh, he did. I get that. And he's been working on it for quite some time because he's had all those generations of mutants. Yeah. Out there. Um yeah. Well, I'm 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 very pleased that um that Space 1999 has tackled these deep theological issues uh by by bringing us this kind of thought-provoking episode to uh to make people question the very deeply held deeply held beliefs. I'm 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 sure this has caused a lot of people to change their philosophy in life. I'm going to yak any moment now. Stop. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. I don't, I don't either. I, I mean, I literally, I've, I've got nothing. I mean, cause, and the sad part, I, there's, there's really not much there. That's why I said I was able to watch, you know, I, I, 15 minutes and I was done. Because it is just void of uh, really any significant substance. Just a little bit here, a little bit there, and the episode's done. I guess there is something that we should point out or talk about just briefly anyway. Brian the Brain, the whole episode seemed to be structured around the test of Koenig and Helena's love. Oh, God, yeah. Again, this, this we're, we are experimenting or we are trying to tell us something about Helena and John and Tony and Maya in this episode, two in a row— where they're kind of focusing on that romantic angle between the two of them. But this one says a different story altogether, doesn't it? I mean, yes, he's putting the whammy on them, but it breaks down pretty fast. Yeah. Um, I, I used to think when I watched this episode that that was just literally the horn dog in them going, well, I guess if I can't, uh, if I can't have that one, I guess I'll... Uh, Okay, fine. But, you know, listening to it a little more carefully this time, there's definitely some space magic, oh, sorry, cosmic magic going on to cause them to do this. I don't know what it's supposed to be telling us, though, about about John and Helena or Tony and Maya. Is it anything? Or is it just completely and utterly incidental? Because the whole thing is set up around bringing them down to breed and breaking them up into different pairs. And then we get basically nothing about it well my take again on that is the reason we basically get nothing is because it's not given any opportunity to pursue i mean he pairs them up for the reasons he has as stupid as they are but they're his reasons i mean we we look at them and we think they're just utterly you know they're they're nuts but 
as far as Magnus is concerned, they're valid. So Magnus pairs them up for this purpose, but for the sake of the episode, of course, our heroes have to win. Uh, it never comes to any kind of fruition. Therefore, there's no need to go down that road any further. Ben, next time we talk about Space 1999, we've got a real treat coming. Catacombs of the Moon. Oh, I can hardly wait. Catacombs of the Moon? We'll wow. dig deep into that episode. I'm scared already. Get it deep underneath. I, actually, I'm just going to say in advance, I like the fact that there are catacombs under the moon. They've got caves and cool stuff they can go exploring when they're not busy, you know, staying alive mm-hmm. on the moon. So, anyway. All right. Well, Ben, thank you for joining me. Oh, what a joy. <laughs> and listeners, I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. Cheers. Fusion Patrol is a Lone Locust production. Like us? Please consider becoming our sponsor at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. We'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Stop by and visit us at our website, fusionpatrol.com. Search for us on Facebook under Fusion Patrol. Check out our Twitter handle at Fusion Patrol. Or just send us an email at feedback at fusionpatrol.com. Please come join the conversation. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. Oh, so now we're going to You've got to be kidding me. Can you still hear me? That, I hear you. Okay, don't turn your recorder off. The battery just died in my headphones. Oh, seriously. Crying out loud. All right, hold on. Got to be kidding me. This is not... I think it's God trying to tell us something. That's all. He doesn't like me mocking his episode. It's his favorite episode of Space 1999.